This is a Baby Brunch podcast. Baby Brunch, the parenting series, is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. Choose FedHealth for trusted medical aid cover that gives you choice, flexibility, and control. And that will be with you through every stage of your family's unique journey. FedHealth, we let you be you. Melissa Harris is a mom of two boys and she recently had her baby. In fact, as recent as the 20th of February. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So being a stay-at-home mom and enjoying both your babies, I think you're going to be staying home a lot longer because now it's lockdown. Now, before we talk about taking your baby to checkups at the moment during this interesting time, I first want to know how the birthing process was. So first of all, did your baby come on his due date? No, actually, um, he was five days earlier. So my due date was the 21st of Feb and he came the 20th of February. What was the birth like? It started off pretty normal at 8 o'clock in the morning. I got my first contraction. I called my doctor and he said, okay, I can come in. But I first waited a while out here at home. It was okay. (laughs) I got to his office and I was already in four centimeters. And it uh, should go into the hospital as soon as possible. Luckily, I was just around the corner. I came to the hospital and it progressed quickly and then I had a I had a little birthing process it took a little while longer as I didn't dilate as I did in the mornings it stalled the the labor process stalled I sucked it out and I managed to go through it and my baby was born at 16.45 the afternoon so it was in the day I did a normal birth um, without an epidural and (laughs) put on my big panties, I stuck it out. <laughs> I had a little giggle when you said I, I stuck it out, you know, I had to put on my big old panties. First of all, you're very brave to not have an epidural and, and that's what makes us all so interesting because we all do it differently, right? And and once well, again, that- congratulations. It's wonderful that you had a healthy baby. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about leading up to the birth of your baby because at the time, and I'm looking at the time now, around the 20th of February, were there talks about lockdown or even COVID-19 at the time when you were waiting for your baby to arrive? I think was, but it wasn't so serious. So the doctor, he hadn't um, got anything in order for if there was a case. Should there be a case at the hospital? What will the procedures be? So I had mm. nothing like that. So I carried out as normal. I didn't feel the COVID-19 at that time. I didn't know what the fix would be if it was going to be in South Africa. I only knew that some way or some other time it's going to fix South Africa, but I just didn't know when. So for me personally, I went on with my life as normal. Right, right. I just want to confirm there that uh, Melissa didn't actually have COVID. She's talking literally about the lockdown symptoms in terms of we didn't feel <laughs> locked down yet. You know, COVID was something that was talked about overseas. It was it was never something that we considered here in South Africa. Right. Now that your baby is here, how has lockdown and COVID-19 affected what you need to do, checkups for your baby, going back to the pediatrician in order to do checkups to see your gynae for a gynae checkup. What has it been like? Very unreal at the time when I had my baby. You you get your baby and you come home and you expect to show off the baby to everyone that you know. Mm. And 
have people around, come greet the baby. And I haven't had any of that. Um, mm. So it was me and my husband and my little toddler and, yeah, the newborn. So that was definitely different. When it was time for me to see my gynae, obviously he didn't um, do the appointment. He said that he'll phone me off the lockdown. But the pediatrician's appointment, that went forward. And that was also very different. You know, I came to his office and he was like, wait, before you enter, you need to sanitize your hands. You need to sanitize the desk and wipe down where the baby is going to be laid down and weighed. And it was a bit weird feeling, you know, you can't be safe anymore. You need to be so taking so much care where you go, who you come in contact with. And when the funny thing was when I undressed the baby, you need to take off his diaper and put a new one on. And I wanted to throw the diaper in the bin and he was like, no, that's not allowed anymore. I need to take the diaper home and go throw it in my bin. Right. So that was just, yeah. And then at that moment, I realized, oh, my word, things are changing. It's not going to be mm. the same anymore. And I felt a little bit, not sad, but I realized that the way I've raised my toddler, my newborn, is going to be just what I'm experiencing now. It's going to be so normal for him. Mm. I hear how you're talking about the, your feelings around what has gone down. And, and I mean, I remember having my second baby and how paranoid I was around people meeting her because she was prim. So, I mean, yeah. I was I was standing literally outside the house with the sanitizer. Okay, anyone that wanted to meet yeah. the baby, I was like, you need to sanitize your hands before you even walk. So, I mean, yeah. I'm talking three years ago. <laughs> So I was already in, in lockdown mode then, okay? I was like, no, sanitize, you come in. If you if you are ill, don't even try and knock on my door. You're not going to come in here. <laughs> Do you feel a sense of loss now that you have your second baby and it is a lockdown period that we're busy phasing out and that COVID-19 exists around the world? Yeah, I do, because I'm a people person, being interactive with people. And at the moment, um, all I'm seeing is, just two little boys running around all day and husband, and I'm kind of wanting to feel you know that interaction again with people with my girlfriends going for coffee or just seeing them with these little kitties because I have a, a wide range of mom friends who has little boys and girls of the same age as mine we we had a lot of play dates with each other and now it's like you can't do that anymore even if love's not going to be the same anymore because mm still need to be safe and take precaution and not go out as we used to. So I'm definitely feeling it. You know, I'm, I'm keeping the faith and I'm, I'm realizing that I also needed this time to be alone and to, to be content with being alone. Because she gets so used to being around with people and um, especially um, I'm very active in my church. I go to a lot of meetings and I do a lot of things. But now being at home, I've mm. realized that, sure, okay, time to figure out how to be alone and what to use with that time when you're now alone and not seeing people. It's definitely real and it's been real for me. It's interesting how you say you have to now get used to being alone and I think I've got I've got two girlfriends who when they just had their baby for practically a month they wouldn't allow visitors and just spend time with their babies and I'm a people's person too so I mean I enjoy people and and like you I would want to show off the baby you know because you want people to see and you want them to to come and experience your your little miracle that that you've experienced and 
And I, I know what you mean. And there will be a time again where we can be out for coffee and, and have our play dates. But it is interesting how you just reminded me that even with play dates going forward, it is going to be different. And I think of my own play dates. If my children have a runny nose or they're not feeling well, we just don't go out, right? Because we don't want to give all the other kiddies the germs. And so now we're just going to have to be more careful and, and take precaution. What would you tell people who are listening to this podcast who has had a baby during lockdown or during COVID-19 that also needs to do checkups like you? What would you want to say as, as a word of encouragement to, to every mom and dad who's listening right now? I would want to tell them, you know, because they're all alone now, to not phone each other. Still phone people, still, still get interactive over the phone, even if it's WhatsApp or, um, you know, WhatsApp call or over Zoom or Skype. Just to not forget about each other. Pop in, hear how other moms are doing. It's vital to, to, to show care and support each other, even though you can't really be the in person. Because we tend to forget about people now that we have to focus on our own lives. People appreciate you phoning and getting in touch. Even just to say, hi, I'm thinking about you. Those moms that's pregnant that needs to carry baby now and needs to deliver, I would tell them not to worry. They'll get through this. It's important to have a good support system, even if it's just their husband. Pray for one another. I would say that's a, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's a that's the important thing to do. If you feel stressed, you feel lonely, it's to pray. Well, you know what? You've given a lot of moms inspiration today. And I say congratulations with your babies and your toddler. It sounds amazing being at home with them. We're probably going to have to get used to life after lockdown because we're going to enjoy lockdown so much <laughs> eventually. Yeah, <exactly>. so, <laughs> so enjoy every moment of being at home. And we wish you only the best, the best. May you be healthy. May you return one day to all your commitments at church and be surrounded by people who you like and who you love and I know that you enjoy a bit of cake for breakfast so may (laughs) may your mornings be filled with coffee and cake again eventually when you all get together thanks for your time thank you so much all the best to you too Graham Richards is a presenter, an actor, he's a model, he's a writer and entertainment entrepreneur. You can see his face every morning on television and you've recently had a baby. Yes um, very exciting times, crazy times, but very exciting. Was blessed with a beautiful, gorgeous baby girl, Georgia, and she's doing so well. So obviously over the moon. We're following your Instagram posts and what a beautiful little girl and congratulations to both you and your partner. And we're happy with you. And the thought of realizing that you're going to give birth in lockdown is something that worried me. So I want to ask you as the parent, how did you feel when you realized that this is your due date? And now it's going to happen during a time where we are very aware and where we are all almost fearful of COVID-19. It almost felt like an, an altered state. I think it doesn't matter what reality you live in, whatever's going on outside, nothing takes greater precedence than, than a baby coming. And you're mm-hmm. kind of locked in that, that baby process. And, and I, I call it the baby bubble, where you start pushing the rest of the world out anyway. Lindsay and I became so intensely connected and we were so intensely connected to our our boy who's three, helping him to prepare for that space. So it almost felt like these two weird parallels where we were 
kind of moving towards the baby, which we, we would have done regardless, and it always would have been the most important thing, with this other narrative unfolding and so many question marks about how it was going to unfold, what we were going to be able to do, looking at restrictions that were coming into place in other parts of the country and the world, would I even be allowed to be in there and what do we need to do to prepare around that? And we were part of obviously this collective reckoning where the whole country was going through this as well. Mm -hmm. But it just felt like a deeply personal journey and quite strange. And obviously the other considerations about how do I deal with work now, having to take paternity leave on the day that the lockdown was beginning and would I be able to get back to work and how was that going to play out? And what kind of world were we going to be bringing this little one into? And and what was the the conditions going to be like at the the hospital? So it was just a very bizarre build-up to the baby. But the weird comfort always to me was that the baby was always going to be the most important thing. So thinking about Georgia, connecting with Lindsay, making sure that she was healthy and doing well in her build-up to the the operation because she went for a a Mm C-section. There were so many kind of really relevant things that we need to think about has been the the, the follow-on. It's also been a a blessing because we probably would have gone into a a forced lockdown anyway with the little one arriving, but it has been very strange, unprecedented, like absolutely everything else. You've just referred to your your firstborn, and I remember when he arrived, and and we were all also overjoyed. And I have to ask, did did you prepare differently for your baby girl than what you did for your firstborn? The build-up was very different. The preparation was very different because so much of our preparation for George's arrival centered around preparing Jack for that, making sure that he was comfortable. And I'm so proud of Lindsay and, and part of myself, part of my, mm-hmm. my little family unit for getting that right because we barely skipped a beat. I mean, he does have his moments acting up like a three-year-old, but <laughs> for the most part, he, he really is prepared and he's been wonderful and it's made, made life a lot easier, these kind of pressurized conditions that we're, we're in. It's made it a, a lot easier, but it was a lot less self-indulgence. I think with your first child and maybe you know, anyone who, who's you know, obviously had a first child can, can testify to that. It's all about the baby and you go into this wonderful dreamlike world and it's just this amazing thing and you set the rest of the world aside. But with this case, we, we had to kind of focus on Jack. Then it was suddenly Jack wasn't at school anymore, so it was looking after him mm-hmm. and making sure that Lindsay was okay. And it was juggling a lot of things at the same time. So it was a lot more frenetic. There was a lot more to consider in this, this build-up and this preparation. Um, but it also felt pretty cool kind of remembering some of the things that we had gone through with Jack and getting back into that parenting mode. But this really was different. A lot of people have, have warned me about that. It was quite a different process, obviously, having the, the, the first child. But it was quite cool because I just couldn't... I really struggled with the concept of having another child that I could possibly... Like, that there was more love to go around, like I'm obsessed with my boy and we have such a wonderful relationship. And I thought, how was it possible? How could I love more than I love right now? And that build-up was quite quite strange for me, especially in the, the last kind of final moments building up to the birth thinking, because I knew it would change. Just like my whole reality and my perception of the world changed so dramatically when Jack arrived, I knew that was going to happen again. I just couldn't fathom how I would be able to love more, how, how I'd be able to kind of extract more from my heart and someone had said to me listen it's just going to be exponential and now I understand now having this little feminine energy in my life and this this new kind of energy in our family I get it completely it hasn't diminished anything in my relationship with Jack or our relationship as a family it's just added another dimension it's like quantum love there's enough love and it reminded me my sister once told me because i'm a stepmom and and my sister once said to me that love is like a a big massive swimming pool that whoever jumps in it will all get wet
you know we'll, we'll all feel that love eventually it's it's just because love is enough you know love is positive and it's beautiful and and you're doing so well Graham, I'm staying with all these thoughts that you have, and I can't help but asking, you have a, a firstborn, and there's a lot happening for him at the moment. There's school and no school. There's uh, a new baby arriving. There's also lockdown and COVID. How did you explain everything to your firstborn? Is it something that he understands at the moment, or is he loving this time, knowing that mom and dad is at home with him? And bonus, he just got a little sister. Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I think he's he's very aware, and I think he and he communicates incredibly well, which has been a blessing. So, and he can articulate how he feels. And of course, it, it first came out as the granola virus, and we had <laughs> lots of discussions about the granola virus. And he refers to it, and there's a lot going on in his little head that kind of makes me think that he understands to a degree. Um, I think we're all kind of struggling with this new reality. So maybe we none of us have a complete grasp on, on the new normal anyway. I think he has really battled not seeing his little mates and being in that very hyper-social environment of, of preschools, that fantastic preschool, the master's that really kind of stimulates him in a way that we obviously can't at home. I think he's sick of me to an extent because we... we <laughs> We do a lot of playing together and he'll do his little exercise routines with me and, and play does and all sorts of things. But there is, I get a sense that he's overstimulated because of this, this constant connection. So I'm trying to, uh, and Lynn and I are trying to give him space to just be himself and mm. have free play and do things on his own because we're all feeling that a little bit. I think we're all feeling going a little bit batty. I miss my long runs. And I would imagine he misses having his kind of free space as well. I have noticed now, obviously, with the, the introduction of Baba, I mean, he, he's besotted with her, which is very sweet, and he's, and he's lovely, and he's quite a, an affectionate, emotional little dude. So I think this kind of plays into that really well, that narrative. Um, he does act out, and I think he misses mom, you know, having her completely mm. to himself, which is only natural. I mean, I, there are moments where I sit there going like, wow, I wish... I wish I could get some attention here. I wasn't just doing mm. housework and, and cleaning nappies. And, you know, so if, if I'm feeling that as a grown-up who can fully process these things, I can imagine as a three-year-old, it's, it's a lot to grapple with. But I think like a lot of parents out there, we've learned a lot to how to deal with our space and, and stimulate them and, and try to roll with the punches in that sense. But I'm really proud of how he's handled the situation and, and the fact that he doesn't act out and that he can talk about it. And it really is a source of, of massive comfort for me, but it, it still does have its moments. I mean, it's, he's a three-year-old and he will be a three-year-old every now and then, you know? And we love them just the way they are. You know. Okay, so, so your new baby came at the end of March and lockdown was already locked down then. What was it like in the hospital? I mean, first of all, did you have to do a checkup during lockdown? And what were you feeling entering a hospital? with your pregnant wife? So the hospital process was, was quite intense and something that, that's freaking out a lot. And we, we obviously had to go in a couple of times in the build-up to hmm. being admitted. And then that week itself, the timing of it was critical because the restrictions literally ramped up every day. So I, I think I might have been one of the last fathers lucky enough to be able to actually be in the delivery room, be there for a few days after the fact. We were warned. I mean, I, it wasn't given to us the information. I had to do a lot of digging, and we were lucky to have a great guy, and he was connected to the hospital and was at, at Christian Barnard where there are open lines of communication, but it's not like they sent out a newsletter preparing us right. for the process. I think our hospitals are also in the state of you know, taking it day by day, figuring out where we are, just dealing with the situation. And obviously, as much as you think that your birth is the most important medical 
issue on the planet. You know, for them, they obviously had a massive um, issue in COVID to be thinking about on the on the back end. So, literally every day that we were in hospital, the restrictions intensified. So that first day was really strange coming in, and it's you know at that stage they hadn't started a massive amount of separating. I think visitors were still allowed in to a degree, and that stopped I think two days after I was allowed right. in. But I was told. I couldn't leave once we were in. I was in. If I left, I wouldn't be able to come back in. We weren't allowed to leave. Luckily, we had a private room, and we weren't allowed to take Georgia out of that room by taking her to the nursery to get her weighed. And I was freaking out so much. I just didn't want the scenario where Georgia was going to be without either Lindsay or myself for a second. Mm-hmm. And I know the nurses are amazing, and you know they, they deal with that every day, but... That was one pressure point for me that I just couldn't move past because Lindsay had a C-section and it can be quite a debilitating process. I mean, it, it, it was handled really well this time around, which was a great comfort, but she's obviously quite incapacitated for those first kind of two days. It's quite a hectic operation. So it's not like she could be up and down and she could be doing a lot of the, the nursing as much as she was. She chose to breastfeed straight from the start. It needed me there to, to be present. So I'm so, so grateful that I was allowed to be there and be present, it just freaked me out being stuck in that one room for that entire duration of that, that process. So we were literally there from the, the Tuesday morning, you know, really early until we left on the, the Friday afternoon at about two. Uh, and that was the first time we saw daylight. So it was, I, I got like a real lockdown experience for the start of, of lockdown and then coming back out into this, this crazy world. But our, our house was well prepared and um, we've just moved about a month before that and, and really set everything up well. Lindsay's been been amazing in that respect, getting the, the house and baby room and everything that we needed. And, and with it not being our first rodeo, we kind of knew the parenting pressure points as well. But I have to say that was, was quite a stressful time for me, so I can only imagine what it was like for, for Lindsay, was that being in the hospital and just wanting to make sure that I was protecting both of them and, and, and obviously being limited in what I could do in that space, that was quite freaky. So you were in lockdown in your hospital room with your pregnant wife. Where was your son? So we were quite lucky that my mom was able to look after my son. That in itself was quite a freaky process because Mm -hmm. we had kept my mom in isolation for about a month before lockdown. As soon as things became, it became clear that elderly people were most at risk. Mm -hmm. That was one consideration. But knowing that we had to kind of keep this, our circle sterile so that my mom and my son could be completely clean and look after each other while we went to the hospital. Mm. And that, so that involved quite a lot of forethought and making sure that they were all right. And we're quite lucky in the fact that my mom had moved into a, a flat literally across the road from us. So a lot, there were a lot of favorable conditions going into this. And thank God I was able to have that. And it's been quite weird because she's been really strict with lockdown as well. So knowing that she's got her three-year-old grandson that she absolutely adores and they have a wonderful relationship, knowing that she's got her you know, second, her, her first granddaughter there and not being a, literally across the road and not go and spend hours with her every day, I think that's been heartbreaking. But it brings to bear probably the most heartbreaking part of all of this is Lindsay's family live in the U.S. UK. She's from the UK and her folks were supposed to come out two weeks after the birth. So none of her family have met mm. by you know, video calls. My sister hasn't been able to meet her niece. You know, that's been, I think it makes me a little bit emotional thinking about it now. Yeah. But yeah. The, the hardest part of the process has been not being able to share. It's been wonderful being in this bubble with, with Georgia and with Jack and with, with Lindsay, but not being able to share that with my family has been really, really hard. 
Emotions around it is hard. Lockdown is hard for everyone. And, and speaking to a parent who has been locked down in a hospital room, having to make arrangements for your toddler with your mom, you know, it's, it's a lot. Did the hospital or anyone around you ask you to bring additional stuff? I'm trying to establish, I mean, how do you pack for your delivery when there's COVID-19? Did you pack your hospital bag differently? Did you see people with masks and hand sanitizers around you the whole time? What was it like? That it became like almost we got this window into the how the world was unfolding from that vantage point because every day we saw more people with masks. Then it was a stricter regime of people being allowed in and out with less nurses circulating. It was a higher restriction. We also trying to Casper Gore, fantastic pediatric nutrition, has helped us a huge amount with the you know the breastfeeding process and and looking after baby, an amazing pediatrician. So we were kind of getting their take on what was going on and, and what's been allowed as it was going on. But the one thing I did do was pack because obviously there was nowhere to get. Food or snacks or anything mm. like that. And as silly as it sounds, if you're locked in a room for the better part of five days, you need to eat in between. Or I need to. So I kind of we moved in. Yeah, when we went in there, we had a lot of stuff that we went in with. But it wasn't like they kind of had any restrictions or told us what we needed to bring or not. I kind of got a sense that the hospital really didn't know what was coming. Mm. Like the rest of us, they've been waiting to hear what is trickling down from the presidency and then going through the various channels and eventually you know, making it to the hospitals. This has come on so far, and I think South Africa has been amazing in the way that we've, we've yes. leapt onto it as quickly as we have. But I think everyone from hospitals to MECs to probably even the president himself, it's been a day-by-day mm. kind of reckoning, oh, okay, well, this is where we are, this is what we need to do. And really it intensified as we were kind of staying in the hospital. But by the time we left, I have to say, the atmosphere when we left was very different to the atmosphere when we went in. It's like stepping out into a different world. Were you allowed in the delivery room when she had a C-section? I was thankfully allowed in the delivery room. I was allowed for every part of the process in the build-up to it. I now see that no one is allowed in. For instance, the last time we went back to the hospital for her checkup, I wasn't even allowed into the hospital itself. I had to stand and, and wait outside. So I wouldn't have been allowed in now. So I think I was really lucky. It literally might have been like the last day or the last few hours that someone was allowed in. So I, I'm hoping that, you know, I mean, you never want to risk anyone's health certainly not a woman having an operation and your, your newborn baby, but I hope for the sake of the fathers out there that are going to have to go through this now, because I would imagine there's still a lot of births going on, that they are at least at least allowed, close or allowed in or allowed to be there post-birth. But I think the reality is that might not be the case. But, you know, we just have to recalibrate. That's the thing. You know, everyone's going through this right now. We can't change the reality, so you just have to adjust your expectations. But I, thankfully, was allowed to be there, be present for every part of the, the process. And that's I think was a real blessing. For checkups and seeing the pediatrician after the birth, are you allowed in a different practice? Because I heard you mention that you had to go into the hospital. Or is that just where your pediatrician is? So, oh, and this is what we loved about, about Christian Barnard was our uh, pediatrician and our, our gynae were all based at Christian right, Barnard. at so the hospital. Okay. Yeah, at the hospital itself. So it's all made sense. They weren't doing, I think, they didn't have a massive amount of covid activity at the hospital itself. I've been, since I've been, my three-year-old fell and cracked his head open and, and had to have six stitches. So I've been to Listen, I heard about since. this. So other than the <laughs> fact that you had a baby during COVID and you've got a wife who needs you, your, your, your son had an accident, but he's fine. He's perfectly fine. And it was just, I think I was more traumatized through the process yes. than he was. 
that, that having to, to hold him down, because we had to wrap him in a blanket in the, the emergency and, and I had to hold mercy. him down while they, they did the anesthetic. And I, I think I was more tearful than, than he was, his poor little face, man, as, as it dawned on him what was going on. But um, not too worse for wear. I think he, he actually is quite proud of himself. I've actually got to take him back um, later today to go and have the staples taken out. So You're going um, back to the hospital during COVID-19, <laughs> <I know>. okay. <laughs> uh, um, and it, it's weird now, like, you know, there's tents outside. It's very separate streams mm. of intake. Um, they were very good. The Kingsbury Life Hospital, which is based down in Cape Town, is the second hospital I went to. And there is a lot more COVID-19 activity there, but very separate. So it's not like I felt exposed going into that, that right. environment at all. So thankfully, but I, I am getting very freaked out having to go to hospitals. So I'm hoping no more, no more drama. But we, we are quite lucky in the fact that, that it's kind of a one-stop shop for us going to Christian Barnard. But I really didn't enjoy having to watch Lindsay take Baba up into the hospital and meet mm. sit and wait outside. That wasn't cool, but um, she felt very safe throughout, and she said that everything was very, very sterile. There, there were not a lot of people allowed in any kind of areas together. Um, that they've, they've ramped up the, the social distancing in the environment quite dramatically, and I, I don't know if that's in, you know, in preparation for what's to come, uh, because I have a feeling we still have the, the more intense period of it still hasn't hit our hospitals to a degree as it has in, in other countries. So, mm. you know, I think our hospitals are still in for a, a really, really intense time. But um, I really could do without having to see a hospital for a while now. You seem like, and, and you always have, I've known you for years, and, and you've always seemed like you have everything together. You know, your technical <laughs> side is, man, it's sharpened, okay? <laughs> Graham is so organized, it is, it is scary, all right? How are you holding down emotionally? I mean, listening to you speak about your son and schooling, you talked about being intensely connected to, to Lindsay at the moment, your partner. You talked about the birth of this little baby. And I mean, today we're three weeks in. We're talking about, you might celebrate your birthday in lockdown. So there's a lot of events that is happening during this time for you as a dad. You know, sometimes we rely on our partners to be stronger than, than us because we've just had the baby, you know? How are you holding down emotionally? Funny you say that because um, both Lindsay and Jack, they share a birthday on the 25th. Uh-huh. So we'll be preparing for, for all of that and feeling like I'm, I'm kind of failing as a parent because we can't do any of the stuff that we would normally do mm-hmm. to, to celebrate a, a birthday. But yeah, I think I'm, I'm all right. I'm obviously getting a lot of feeding off a lot of positive energy in terms of having this gorgeous little baby who's just so amazing. I mean, there have been obviously curveballs in that space, but and mm-hmm. enough to keep us on our toes. Sleep hasn't been obviously amazing, so you, you're kind yeah. of really tired and emotional, which is, is always a tricky thing to balance. I am very hyper aware. Linz has been in a fair amount of pain and, and had a lot of anxiety around the thought of me going back to a more intense work situation, funny enough, and, and how she's going to balance having the two kids and that's her anxiety really is something that, that worries me because I want her to be mm-hmm. obviously happy but also to be to feel safe and feel like she's in control when she's got the, the, the two kids and also to be able to enjoy this process. such a beautiful part of the, the stage. But I think I'm, I'm, I feel really lucky as much as there's a lot going on and, and could it be a lot of negative influence. I mean, I really am missing work and need to be mm-hmm. back on air. That's something that, that's messing with my head quite a lot and think maybe there was, you know, could have done something differently. I could have gotten in because our show was actually given status to to stay on air, but with a very reduced staff and under strict conditions. And because I had to go into paternity leave on literally on that day, I couldn't 
mm. fall into that that window, which meant I, I couldn't go back. And you know, I've been off air for for the better part of what's felt like a month now. So that's freaking me out. It's a platform where I kind of feel like building up to lockdown. I was able to help a lot of people yeah. and speak to a lot of experts and really be a positive influence on the world and help people deal with COVID. And I think through that process, deal with it myself, process a lot of stuff by myself, mm. and and keep sane. So I, I have started to feel like I'm losing touch with reality a little bit, which I think there's probably a lot of people are feeling that at this stage. To be honest, I'm sitting in this little bubble with the most beautiful little girl, learning all about her and about having a new feminine energy in my life and seeing her older brother build a relationship with her, even at this kind of early stage. And I've got so many beautiful things happening around me and to me that it's very difficult for me to wallow or get too negative or, you know, uh, you just got to suck it up and do another feed because we've had to, to adjust to a bottle feeding regime for a week now in the midst of everything right. to help correct diet. And so I'm doing kind of late night feeds as well. And Liz nice. and I are trying to, to balance and tag team. And it, so you're getting maximum kind of three hour stretches of sleep and then trying to deal with everything in between. And so I, to be quite honest, I, I think I'm, I'm holding up quite well. I think a lot of my emotion now stems more from what it must be like for all of the family that haven't been able to meet Georgia and just Lindsay not being able to have her mom and her dad and her family close now. That must be, be incredibly hard and that, that does weigh very heavily on me. I can tell you this, that all of us have lost a little bit of touch with reality because <laughs> after lockdown, our world will be changed. And yeah. where most of us have got a changed world after lockdown, you've got a changed world with a little baby girl in it and with a healthy son and a healthy family. And, and you will meet everyone uh, soon, soon, because lockdown is not forever. So I want to say that congratulations, first of all, we wish you well with this little family of yours. And even though you seem like you have it all together, we also <laughs> hold your emotional heart in our hands. I'm sending you the, the biggest virtual hug ever, Graham. I, I love you very much. And, and I think you're a great dad oh, yeah, for just trying your best. And they say sometimes during these times, we must just breathe and we must trust. And I think you're doing a lot of that anyway. So yeah, I reckon you'll be fine. Oh, and thank you so much. I know we, we've walked a very long, long. parallel path together and we've, we've watched each other navigate these. I think you were the, the first to kind of break the ice there, but to navigate these parental waters. But I think that the most important thing for me now, just to, as a passing shot, just to say to, to all parents, you know, whether it's your first child or you've got another child coming during this really strange time, just take it day by day, adjust mm. your expectations as much as you would love this ideal world to be playing out that's not our reality. So try to, to focus on the flip side of that, the, the positive, and we'll be okay. Everyone will be okay. Like you say, this lockdown, it, it has to end. We'll be able to have a, a drink again at some point. <laughs> um, you know, we'll raise a glass in, in celebration of our new kids, but just, just try not to let it get the better of you now, especially you've got more important things to focus on, i.e. your partner and your, your beautiful baby coming into the world. So let that be the most important thing, keeping them safe, and then everything else, if you have to, wait a couple of days to meet them, then you have to wait a couple of days, but it's not going to diminish the relationship that you have with your child. It's not going to diminish the ability that you have as a parent. It's not going to take anything away from that. We just got to deal with it now. And, and then we'll be back to reality. Hopefully soon enough. <laughs> we will. We will. 
Baby Brunch, the parenting series, is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. Choose FedHealth for trusted medical aid cover that gives you choice, flexibility and control. And that will be with you through every stage of your family's unique journey. FedHealth. We let you be you.